0: Welcome to the Grab Lies podcast, everybody. This is John Vargas, one of your co-hosts, and then Trevor Stepan is here. What's up, y'all? So to start with our disclaimer, everything we say and do, our views and expressions do not reflect the city of Los Angeles Fire Department. And to also continue with a disclaimer, Trevor and I are not behavioral health specialists. We're not psychologists. So anything we do, you know, just take it, um, with a grain of salt and just know that we're in this as relatable with our own integral approach with discussing certain topics. So when I discuss something like today's topic, which is the shadow work or the shadow of who we are, just understand that this is like deep, deep work on yourself. And when things come up, um, it's super important to take it easy on yourself to understand how important it is to value what your shadow and how important it is to um, see it. It it could bring up some old stuff and um, it can be really difficult. So, and challenging. So if you do any type of shadow work, just know that um, use a community of people within your circle to use a soundboard, um, and to help yourself better understand what the shadow is. So today is about shadow work and discussing the importance around this. I know it was brought up, uh, prompted with Trevor and myself, hey, you guys mentioned the shadow or your shadow work. What is that? So today we're just really bringing a heightened awareness on what that is and the better understanding of the value of the shadow and it really, really is important for behavioral health and to better understand yourself. So that being said, I would really like to just bring the idea of the shadow through the beautiful story of Peter Pan. <laughs> so Peter Pan is a boy who was stuck in this world that was, um, he was an immortal as a boy. And when he left, he had been fighting his shadow literally all the time and so when he was fighting his shadow he stumbled into a window and that's when he met love is the love of his life wendy Mm -hmm. and his shadow was fighting him inside her room and then she was able to sew his shadow back to peter pan now the part about the shadow that's really fascinating is that we always Will fight it, and we want to share that you have to embrace it. Yes, because it truly shows a certain quality of yourself, um, and it's it's gonna want to come to the surface to show you itself because there's a bit of gold that needs some mining within the shadow. Because it's here to it teach you something, and it could be any negative aspect of who you are. It could be, you know, any negative emotion that's been suppressed and anything that you've just been trying to avoid and that's the thing about the shadow it doesn't like to be hidden and it will present itself to you in so many different ways and you have to face it at some point because it's here to be your friend and bring in the balance of the light and the darkness together yes so yeah i just wanted to open up with that beautiful story peter pan yeah and yeah
1: That's a great way to describe it, dude. In some of the reading that I did in preparation for this episode, it was um, defined as the part of yourself that has been exiled, um, the part of yourself that you've deemed unworthy of love. And it's so fascinating to me, like even, even just the term shadow work, right? It it has like some mystery behind it. You know, about three years ago when I started to read about modern masculinity, dealing with trauma, um, you know, spiritual journeys, all of these things, right? They, they would all mention shadow work and I wasn't quite clear on what it meant. And it was fascinating to me. Um, but also a bit, frightening you know investigating your yourself excavating all of these lost versions of trevor lost versions of john Um, it can be difficult it can be really difficult to go into your past but as soon as i found peace in the meaning and like you said embracing these these past versions of yourself right incorporating all of yourself realizing that all of yourself wants to be loved so when you forgive when you highlight these mistakes these regrets when you figure out what core wounds are driving you in your life you have a beautiful opportunity to incorporate all of yourself and now this shame can help transition into strength
0: without a doubt and it's an actual physical thing, right? We have a physical shadow, and then it's the metaphorical aspect Yes, that it just, it's a part of you. And if you deny it, don't. Accept it. Right. And it's really beautiful once you actually step into that work. And when you do, it shows you so much. I mean, when I started doing shadow work, I didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend explain to me what core wounds were, yeah. and I didn't even understand it. And when that was brought up to my attention, I was like, whoa, okay, there's like some serious work I gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it has a lot to do with a lot of death and rebirth. That that phase of, of yourself, it really comes to pass when you start doing shadow work because it's like shedding skin and you're evolving into someone of who you are and stepping into your power. Yeah. And it kind of coincides with the the miracle of metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. And when this caterpillar goes into its chrysalis. You know, it's, it's inside this cocoon, and it needs to be alone in seclusion and in darkness in order for it to uh, you know, gain its strength to break out of the chrysalis, to bloom into this beautiful butterfly. And this example of metamorphosis has a lot to do with trust and vulnerability. Absolutely. And it's a really beautiful way to look at it because it's not pretty. And when you do embrace it and you get through it, we're able to really see yourself on a different uh, valued spectrum Mm. of what it means to you and others can see it as well.
1: Dude, others can see so much, right? So it's so interesting talking about the shadow, how it's like a secret, it's a secret wound. But like I said, these, these secret wounds have a way of dictating your behavior or your decision making or your actions and people pick up on this stuff, right? So like that's the funniest thing about the shadow to me is that you can tell when someone has a habit of uh, talking down about themselves, right? Or they're, they're still processing some kind of wound and maybe they're growing in their self-awareness of identifying this wound, but it shows up. So I really think that, like you know, like you said, John, trust. You, you once gave me such a valuable tip in dealing with my anger. You said bring in compassion, and compassion was was heavy enough to counteract my anger. Trust is just as heavy when it comes to counteracting fear, right? That'd so go. if it if it sparks, you know, an element of. Um, fear for you to investigate this part of yourself just trust trust that this is a part of your entire process of getting honest with yourself realizing that you know these faults you know with with humility and compassion these faults can be you know you can change the entire perspective on these faults all right like we've been talking lately about our struggles unite us and just know that everyone everyone on the planet has a shadow could be at a different age, you know. For my, for me, my shadow is represented by a fifteen-year-old. Right, that's my fifteen-year-old Trevor is a lot of my shadow, and as soon as I was comfortable in labeling that, dude, I, <laughs> I, it was so rad how often this fifteen-year-old was speaking up. And you know, it's it's so cool that you brought up how Peter Pan met Wendy, right? So Leah was the first person that she picked up on when I was talking about my 15 year old self I had a very negative inner monologue because my shadow is very sensitive right he's a crybaby and she you know if I said something um, offensive about my younger self she would say don't talk about my baby like that don't <laughs> talk about my my Trevor in that way and I was like damn if she can if she can love all of me if she can take all these pieces of me some you know bright and shiny some fucking broken and she can love all of me why can't why can't i you know so just like peter pan man i had i had a woman and i'll give another example of a movie i i just saw that has a lot of shadow work in it where a woman a woman gets the 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 uh, protagonist to
0: you know change his perspective it's really beautiful and I mean, I could say the same thing about my relationship with Haley. Isn't that the best? Yeah, my, my shadow work actually started off with a deep, dark night of the soul. Yeah. And I was really brought to my knees in complete surrender. And Haley was there for me to support me through that. And there's a beautiful feminine quality to the shadow. In Spanish, they call it sombra, which is a, a feminine way to say the shadow. Mm. And the feminine to support that. I feel like they're used to their emotions so well so they're not as suppressed in like the feminine nature or that feminine energy right and for masculinity we have a hard time embracing that because it has a lot to do with suppressed emotion Mm -hmm. and we just have a hard time seeing that and it's just really challenging to to integrate something that is not normal in within society, within masculinity, within our line of work. I was just about to say that, dude. Not
1: (laughs) just being a man, but being a first responder, you know, whether you're female, male, whatever, you know, we suppress a lot. We suppress hunger, we suppress uh, being tired, we suppress being scared.
0: Right, because we see ourselves as a protector, as a warrior, and What's really beautiful about that is, yes, we are warriors. And in our line of work, especially in the city we work in, we are working in the underworld. We are shadow workers. Mm. We're working within the dark crevices of all the alleyways, all the dark spots of the city that no one else sees. We see it. And we're forced to step into our calmness and our ability to act Mm. when no one else will. And there's a lot of responsibility to that. And there's a lot of it's hard to integrate that because we have to come back home and it's a lot to take on whether you like it or not, where you, if you think you're so tough and you come home and you got to let that shit go, you, there's a bit of uh, balance with that. You know, you, you gotta be, you gotta integrate a bit of that sensitivity when you come back to your family mm-hmm. and not so easily done. And that's one of the biggest things we talk about is coming home and being able to just shift that for yourself. Yes. And, knowing that we are shadow workers in our line of work, it's really interesting and curious to bring that perspective to our listeners about, you know, our audience, which is the first responders and behavioral health. Right. And to understand where our goal is to shift a perspective for you. So you don't get to the point where everything else is crashing on top of you on top of working a job that makes you really tired and exhausted. Absolutely. And, um, I mean that's really powerful stuff to see how how beautiful it is with our, our partnerships with uh, our relationships how it's really uh, really set the tone for us and how we adjust our shadow work mm-hmm. and see it for what it is.
1: Yeah, dude. And if you have that strong pillar at home, that could be, dude. It's it's life changing, you right. know. And you can also find it in the company of your coworkers or mentors. You know, like I. I'm very selective with the company I keep you know my social circles have evolved a lot as I've gone down this spiritual path of getting to know myself and you know there's a quality that you know I find in a lot of the people I keep closest to me right now it's it's holding themselves accountable it's being self-aware it's being honest you know admitting faults um and so you can find it if you know, if you're, let's say you're single right now, like you can find it in in a brother or a sister, um, someone that is just there for you in the way of not expecting you to be perfect, you know, and I, I talk yeah. about how these core wounds, they can drive you, you know, and like, it's not, it's not all bad, right? Like I've, you know, I've been praised for a lot of things, but at the, at the root of maybe these accomplishments is a desire to be perfect you know and my obsession with uh, being a perfectionist right and that originates from my core wound which is rejection um and so you know john and i we always try to tie it back to you know fire service right we have kind of like um two focuses i guess and there's more than two but we talk about our home life and we talk about our work life and i struggle with this every day that you know there's certain qualities that make me great at my job um, and they don't always benefit me at home. You know, Leah and I, we had a discussion, you know, a, a couple times this week about her not really knowing what to do. And I just fucking came in hot. Here's what we do, you know, and I would decide for the both of us. And she had to bring it to my attention that she was feeling dismissed, you know, and I had to hold space for her and validate that I was coming in too quickly, you know, and in and, and my line of work and our line of work dude, we don't, we don't ever admit we don't know. We choose the best option, you know, and we, we adapt from there, but we decide and we decide quickly. And I had to own up to the fact that I was bringing in this quality from work that wasn't really suiting this, this partnership, this like collaboration of teammates where we decide together. So, you know, the, a lot of these, the shadow can lead to maybe some of your most praised attributes, you know, in one environment. And then you have to kind of be responsible and hold yourself accountable. Okay. I'm not just going to use this default work setting when it comes to being sensitive at home. So we are asking a lot, you know, and like John mentioned uh, initially in the introduction, trust your pace, you know, no one, no one does all this work overnight. Right. You know, we had Bo Porter on our last episode, you know, he has a 20 year career and, um, these things develop over time, you know, and it's up to you if you want to really fucking dive into the deep end or if you just kind of want to, you know, tread water for a minute and then and then chill out, right? Because I know for me, dude, we did peer support training this past week, dude, that was, you know, very vulnerable for me. And, you know, as a consequence afterwards, I, I spent a lot of time by myself. I spent time, you know, integrating as a hermit and processing all of these things that I felt and learned. And that's that's a gift I give to myself and it's taken years to understand that I, I actually need that in order to make it a part of me.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And in reference to like trust when you're stepping into this type of work, cause it's work. Yeah. It's not easy. Take it easy on yourself. If right. you do if you do acknowledge your shadow and what it's showing you on so many different levels and spectrums of A view of something whatever it's a core wound whether it's a a personality trait whether it's a behavioral pattern you're presenting to yourself just take a peek at it you don't have to do a deep dive just know that it's always here to teach you something Mm. and for myself with my own shadow work the biggest thing i have learned is humility yeah and it's brought me to this this level of being able to feel so deeply and being able to acknowledge how how the vulnerability has caused me to be humble and Mm -hmm. being able to be receptive to everything. And one of the biggest things I was telling you, Trevor, is like, dude, I own my own shit. Yes, you do, you do,
1: I honor that in you, dude. It's a a fantastic quality, dude.
0: So that's a part of this, own your shit. And that's part of doing the shadow work, Mm -hmm. not making excuses and just showing up for yourself by saying, hey, you know what? That's not the best quality. And whether it's showing up in your relationship, uh, as a family member, as a coworker, as a leader, it shows right. without a doubt. And you and I know when we are around a leader who shows true humility. Yeah, that's a leader. Hell yeah. And I could I could fall under that person's um, ruling and and follow his suit based off humility. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I, I get a, a a sniff of ego that is overwhelming, and because pride cometh before the fall, right? Mm-hmm. If I get a whiff of that, dude, I won't be receptive to what that person wants to say to me, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a really hard thing and a balance within our field of work, and it's it's a challenge, you know? It, it causes a lot of conflict. Yeah. So, as a as a person who's dealing with the shadow and acknowledging that this is the, the really deep work here, um, it's really beautiful to see how it can shift so many perspectives of yourself and evolve at a very rapid rate. right
1: yeah dude like it's so funny you bring up like we both have women strong strong divine feminine supporters in our corner right and it's illuminated a lot of ourselves and our inner work Um, and there's nothing as there's there's no kind of radar as as accurate as a female's intuition right and so I can't hide shit from Leah you know like and it's so funny that we have these secret wounds And she was able to detect one immediately, just by the way I was talking, right? And we also, you know, just being first responders, dude, we're all pretty, pretty aware, you know, we're all watching each other, seeing what makes each other tick, you know, and you know i i just encourage everyone to kind of work on your shadow right because the th- the things that you're you're holding secret they're not that secret you know we're all we're all witnessing we're all growing in our self-awareness we we realize who's projecting you know from a, a bad marriage or you know we see this classic uh cycle of the guy that was treated like shit on probation now he spends the rest of his career treating people like shit. you know And so you're not hiding it as well as you think you are, you know. And so John and I were always coming back to unity. This is not an act of judgment to point a finger and saying, hey, dude, you're overdue for a lot of inner work. You know, it's more like embracing all of our members and realizing that we all have shit that we're going through. You don't know what someone's got going on in their personal life. You don't know why they needed to call in SK. You know, and so instead of it being a, uh, you know, knee jerk reaction to just cast someone out like you would your shadow, understand that all of our members, you know, they're hurting for some reason, you know, so to give someone the benefit of the doubt to incorporate them back into the community of first responders, whether they called in sick, whether they're off injured, whether they're projecting where, you know, it's just some personal dilemma and has nothing to do with the rookie's drill. It all comes back to what we're talking about today, which is incorporating all of yourself, right? Realizing that everyone's hurting, everyone wants love, you know? So, John and I experienced a lot of praise this past week. People were coming up to us saying, hey, I signed up for peer support training um, because of your podcast, you know? And so we're really seeing um, just the benefit of starting the conversation, you know? And that's all we're doing today is you may never have heard of shadow work, you know? But next time it comes up in a book you're reading or a post you see on Instagram, Maybe it's going to pique your interest to to try and figure out, you know, for me, right? Figuring out the age, that was huge. And dude, for a long time, man, I wouldn't even go back. I wouldn't even go back to the catalog that was like 1 to 18. You know, I kind of wrote that off. You know, I was young, immature, sarcastic as fuck. Like, I don't like that, Trevor. So that's gone, right? I've had a death and a rebirth, but dude, he finds ways of trying to get attention you know
0: yeah and that's the thing too like the shadow is think about peter pan right he's fighting it as his shadow is always slapping him around yeah. like he was losing <laughs> and that's the thing is like if you don't embrace the shadow it's gonna slap you around yeah and the thing about the shadow work we were explaining about trust is that it, it will present to you a lot of illusion yeah. so you could stand in your truth and be anchored in with who you are and who you are with that warrior spirit that lives within you and reclaim your power and who you want to be by admiring the shadow. And what's beautiful about that too is like the trust factor is huge. But that one lie that comes crashing over. I had this uh, post I I had posted on my Instagram. It was like this small sandcastle, and it said trust. Oh, I saw that. And the this Huge tidal wave comes <laughs> and it says one lie. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of a lot of times the shadow work will come. Tapping in into your skull and giving you some some thoughts about a lie. Right. And if you feed it, that's the thing that'll create this these stories, mm. you know, of an old story, perhaps like your 15 year old self who was an asshole. Yeah. Or whatever, the or a futuristic idea of something that's not true. Mm. And it's just um it's important to see. How valuable it is to embrace the shadow, be like, hey, man, I see you. I admire you. Yeah, but I'm gonna stay true to who I am, right. and and cause it's all about the power of choice within. Yeah, because you can make a choice that determines the timeline of anything. Mm-hmm. And someone had explained to me that in your life you have always these these roads to choose from. I'm either it'll be a gravelly road, it'll be a nice paved road, it'll be a windy road, it'll be a road that's filled with a lot of obstructions. You have the choice to choose those roads, mm. but you're always gonna end up at the same place. Mm. And it's really wonderful to see that you do have the choice no matter what. Yeah. And you can choose either to live in a, a victim mentality, whether it's just an example, or you can change that perspective for yourself. Right. And it it has a lot to do with your inner work. And you're mentioning the peer support group training and uh, someone had mentioned to me, hey, where do you guys get these ideas from? And the only answer I could give him was like, "Dude, I just do my inner work." Yeah, you know, I just I stick to just seeing myself. And I told him that there's this story with uh, Avatar, the movie, and those are all like, these indigenous aliens, right? And they're really uh, valuing their planet. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they would say was uh, to each other was, "I see you." Yeah. And how beautiful that was is to really see each other, you know, despite your shadow, despite your your flaws or whatever. And that's how I see people now within our field, within our, our members, to bring that unity. Is like, dude, I see the best in you. Yeah, I know every single person here has that warrior spirit that brought you here. Right, and that warrior spirit's my favorite thing in myself. And I know everyone has that in, inside of us. And I think right now we're embarking upon this paradigm shift. Where that warrior spirit's being beat down so hard right now, it is. Where it's it's like I had had enough, right. Of it, and you can see it. It's powerful, and it's shifting within the workers, mm-hmm. and it's bringing that unity together. Yeah, and it's it's just like a just so fascinating to take a step back, zoom out for a second, to see that these these people who are having that warrior spirit like punch out of its its box. You know who it is. Right. And we know exactly the people that were stepping it up yeah. at that peer support group training. They're like, hey, we've had enough of this. And we've got to change it because it cannot exist anymore. The bureaucracy is going to punch it down, mm-hmm. but we're not going to be punched down anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. It was a really powerful week, dude. <laughs> I mean, I've posted a few times just on the training, just um, how fucking good it felt to find a community within the department, you know, and. John, do you remember that, that exercise we did, the role-playing?
2: Yeah. How fucking
1: crazy was that? It's, it was awesome. We basically did a role-playing debriefing session where some of these members, um, it was like Academy Award nominees. It was crazy, you know, just, just role-playing um, from the perspective of a first responder dealing with blame. And it felt so real. And John pointed out that this lives, this lives in our subconscious, you know? And so I've, dude, I'm 37. I've spent years trying to bottle shit up. I've spent years trying to hide wounds, you know, and then someone accidentally touches one of those wounds and I have a fucking overreaction, you know? And so it's all work, whether you're trying to hide your secret shadow, your secret wounds, or if you're trying to heal these wounds, it's all work. So just like you described in picking a road, right? You can you can lead yourself down the road that is investing in the healing of yourself, or you can walk down the
0: road of trying to hide everything. Right, without a doubt. There's this beautiful concept of the archetype of the wounded healer. Mm which when you speak of archetypes, it's a, a primordial envisioning of the conscious self within everybody. And the wounded healer has a lot to do with someone who has a wound, let's say an arrow that's within the, the person. And their a portion of their life is pulling that arrow out and healing from that wound. And to heal that wound makes that person come out with vigilance. Mm. As the healer, as he has gone through within that that um the chrysalis again and working within himself or herself and being able to expand after that yeah and haley and myself we love the teachings of ram das and he explains how our evolution of the conscious self is always based on this expansion and contraction Mm -hmm. and the way he explains it is like it's always like an accordion you know, it's going is going towards the in the center, and then always is expanding outwards, and it makes this beautiful noise if you know how to play it. Yeah, because an accordion can sound real shitty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
0: it's it's all it's all about making beautiful music of your life when you do that expansion and contraction. Yeah, and it's it's a practice. It's not something that you can just jump in and just think it's going to be easy, right? And it's uh, that wounded healer keeps coming back because we are all wounded healers. And in, in, in case you have never witnessed yourself in this transformational state of healing yourself through your wounds, it's um, it's one of the most gratifying things you could ever do for yourself. It is,
1: you know, this morning when I had just a, you know. Not even an argument, but just a, a, a moment, an opportunity to either deny how I was acting or, dude, my default setting for years was this is the way I am. Hmm. You know, it's not true. This is the way I am at work. Why do I have to be that guy at home? You know, and so you're absolutely right. There is a ton of gratification in like examining yourself and choosing a new opportunity, right? Instead of being um, in denial Or being defensive I was like you know what you're absolutely right like this is this is how I'm feeling right this is this is the way um, I'm trying to make everything better by rushing in to fix it you know it's not my go-to move to sit back and listen and just show support but every time there's an opportunity to do so and I give myself five, 10 seconds to, to choose that, dude, it's extremely gratifying to watch yourself evolve. It's a gift. Yeah. And, and one to yourself and to your partner.
0: Right. And, and it shows, yeah, it shows volume. Yeah. It makes impact without a doubt. And one of my favorite uh, things that I used to live by, there's like six of them I used to live by before I even got this career and one of the, those main components was impact drives income, mm. and I lived by that for such a long time, knowing that you know if I did something that made an impact, or someone's gonna make a ripple effect. Yeah. And but that's that income is like abundance that shows up in many different ways. It doesn't show up as money sometimes, mm. but it shows up as friendships. Yeah. It shows up as yourself as a leader within yourself, and as a partner with your new relationship. And it's really beautiful to live by that concept, you know, but you still have to make that impact by impacting yourself, by gifting yourself with this type of work. Mm -hmm. And there's a a high reward for that contraction phase. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's a freedom that comes with it, you know, like I'll get into more about my core wound, you know, but the way to fix a core wound or heal a core wound of rejection is to put a lot of your energy into your self-esteem. You know, and mm-hmm. so I, I talk about Leah a lot, you know, um, but whereas before I would, my ego <laughs> would sound an alarm during a fight saying, you know, she doesn't love you. You know, if, if, if she wasn't good, I wasn't good, you know, and now, dude, I, you know, on this path of like loving myself unconditionally and just kind of having my own back. You know, if we get into a little argument, I just, I don't even hear my ego. He's not, he's not afraid anymore, you know, cause I, I put a lot of my focus into this self-esteem where I can remain calm. I don't have to get defensive, you know, we'll work through this. It's all good. And that feels amazing, dude.
0: <laughs> to, dude, you say freedom, man. Yeah. I mean, freedom is a great word to use because you're letting go of something that doesn't serve you anymore. No. And that freedom is it's unattainable, but you can only give yourself that yes. by making
1: those choices. Yes. And the voice, the inner monologue. You know, now How I'm like got, dude. dude, you're a good partner. It's a misunderstanding. How are you gonna show up right now? Right. You know, like even if you made a mistake. Okay, that's in the past. What are we doing in the present moment? Yeah. You know, are we gonna fucking anchor in with this <laughs> denial, you know, and get right. all defensive and then, you know, extend this fight for three days? Or are you just gonna admit that you said something stupid apologize and resolve the conflict right and that freedom that ability to look at every single move as an opportunity you know i think i felt really trapped in this identity that you know a lot a large part of my identity was constructed with this pain Hmm. you know and by dealing with the pain by transmuting it into strength now there's just like a fluidity Mm-hmm. of like way less fear dude my my mentor just you know acknowledged that I've, i sound different when we're talking and I, I told him i said dude i have a lot less fear you know i have a lot more trust in myself to make good decisions to act in integrity to be honest to be compassionate uh, yeah, trust is the key to the universe. It's the dude, that's I'm really glad this topic has come up because I, I told you, dude, a lot of these concepts can get really out there. But if you have just a basic framework, you know, for for me, right? I've struggled with my anger for my entire life. Just John uh, introducing this concept of, "Hey, next time you're feeling anger, I want you to to open up your heart and focus on compassion." Just that that word, just the the, the thought of me thinking of compassion, helped kind of dissolve my anger. Right. And so today, if there's there's just one takeaway besides the idea of shadow work, if you're feeling
0: fear, I want you to lean into trust. Yeah, I mean, it's that trust is also a part of, it coincides with letting go of an old story. Right. And when you let that old story go, then you can really embrace trust a bit more. Yeah. And letting go is really hard, especially with an old story that's been really taking you down for years, your whole lifetime. Absolutely. And my one of my favorite rappers, Larry June, says, in order to grow, you got to let go. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words, dude. It's so simple, but it's so true, man. If, if you are going to take a step forward, sometimes you got to take two steps back into that shadow. You do, you know, and I... Do you want to uh,
1: go over the core wounds? Yeah. Just as we yeah. expand the conversation into... Because, you know, mine is rejection, um, you know, I don't want to speak for anyone
0: else, but I know there, there's a list, right? Yeah, there is a list and it can, it can change. And to talk about wounds, let's understand what a wound is. Okay. When you're going into a core wound, you could be pushing through some serious scar tissue. Mm. And so it's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah. But that's where the freedom comes through is what the more you inch forward within a wound, the more lessons you're learning from it the more freedom you're obtaining from an old story of yourself yeah, and able to see how beautiful it's, it's teaching these lessons and you're just receiving it from yourself. And so some of the practices you can do for this is journaling Absolutely. or meditation. You could, And I always say, uh, with meditation, just, just prompt yourself. Hey, I want to ask myself a question of something. I'm gonna sit for 15 minutes. I'm gonna say, why do I feel so angry? Or why do I feel like this? What is coming up for me? And a lot of times, that those thoughts will actually give you your answer. Mm-hmm. It seems so stupid, but it's not. Right. So, when I also think about wounds, I think about when we're at work and we see like a bed sore or something like that. Someone's been sitting down for such a long time; they haven't been moving. That that sore is manifested, and now it's become infected, mm-hmm. and it could kill someone through sepsis. Yeah, and it's a, it's an infection. So like I said, the shadow is always there and it will punch you in the face sooner or later. It's going to come up. So to keep that from happening, if you do this work, it's going to, it's going to take a lot out of you for depends on how you approach it. But just know the wounds are where the light enters. Yes. And like I said, it's not, it's not easy stuff. So these core wounds, they're going to be categorized into four different categories. It's going to be harm wounds, manipulation wounds, rejection wounds, and deficiency wounds. Mm. So with harm wounds, and we can break this down for however we want, dude. It's up to you, brother. But. I say we just
1: give everyone the list of the wounds, and then yeah. I'll speak about mine. You can speak right. about yours. Yeah, for sure.
0: It's funny. When I when I had read this a while back, I read all of these I had experienced during my rookie year. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which
0: is really fascinating because that was a really hard... Uh, process for me yeah um, because of being receptive being a, a student mm-hmm. and being able to just um, learn and also know that i'm going to make mistakes because i don't know everything right it's a very um, difficult way to approach uh, this a career like this
1: it is dude the the first year man the learning curve is very steep and it's a lonely year for sure you know you don't really have anyone to lean on uh, talk about suppressed emotions. Yeah. I mean, unless you're sir, yes, sir, or right. know, get back to you, yeah. or hey, drill in the TV room, we don't really want to hear you
0: speak too much. But that taught me a lot of humility. That's good. You know, I think uh, I can always go back to like uh, the samurais. And they're, the samurai, what that means is to be of service. Mm-hmm. And so I always enveloped myself as a, a person of service to whoever was teaching me something. Yeah. Without a doubt. And if I made a mistake, I would own up to it be like, you know what I take full responsibility for that mistake and I will work on it yeah and that's how I could when you say something like that as a rookie that person can't really be angry at you like oh shit man he's taking responsibility I can't say anything Dude, <laughs> you know what I
1: great mean? lesson in resistance right yeah if you're not opposing someone they have nothing to oppose against
0: right it was a. it, it worked in my favor yeah very beautifully
1: acceptance right yeah and you hold your health you're, you're holding yourself to a high standard yeah
0: so the harm wounds. There are subcategories of these bullet points. So, the first one is an attack wound. I was yelled at, hit, or exposed to violence, and now that I'm uh, afraid of people's anger. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a lot of this can come from abuse. You know, physical abuse, but not necessarily physical abuse. It can come from someone who, what you grew up with, who was very narcissistic, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be in childhood. It could be. A family member or a friend that you had trusted and they treated you like that yeah and you took it and you didn't speak up you didn't have true respect for yourself and in order to speak up when something beats you down is really important and um or just being honest and transparent about something yeah and i always think about these wounds also when I, when I'm talking to Paisley, Haley's daughter, mm-hmm. I don't want her to feel wounded by me the way I'm speaking to her. So I want to be really careful, you know, what's, what's feeding into her subconscious cause she's like a sponge man. Yeah. Um, so I do things with um, the approach with unconditional love, especially when I'm talking to a child. It's an amazing practice, right? Cause we talk about, you know, we have a responsibility, yeah. right?
1: Whether you're doing this work, you know so you can sleep better at night or show up for your partner or not pass it on to your children you know right. there are ripple effects your lineage will will be permanently altered based on the work that you're doing
0: yeah and if you take these into account it really pushes you into a leadership role as well to not and in, instill these into your teaching methods and mm-hmm. whatever it shows up for you if you're not getting any sleep or whatever and you're a captain and you're just you know saying something that could hurt man it Shit hurts yeah <laughs> you know what I mean I've been there I've been yeah. on the receiving side of it for sure doesn't feel good no um the next one is judgment wound, which is harsh in our line of work. you know what I mean so I was judged harshly and frequently and now I feel inadequate and bad about myself dude we
1: see <laughs> it's so much, it's so funny that we're we're trying to make these rookies um Strong, and perceptive, and a bit of an authority because that's what it takes to do this job effectively. Mm. And yet, there's a lot of I'm gonna beat you down. Yeah, you know, and it's just interesting to have that much judgment and expect the result of producing a confident employee.
0: Without a doubt, I mean, you think about. I always love to use this analogy when I'm at work of. It's so primal, right? I always think of like we're all just like these apes, right? Yeah. And like we're all just like one guy walks through the door. He's not from the station. He's just kind of strutting around. Yeah. Kind of like an ape, you know, like so primal. And like we just throw handballs against the wall. Like just it's just so like like a jungle in there, you know. Yeah. It's so hilarious. Um, and not to like demean us, you know what I mean. It's just a, a humorist approach it's just so funny i
1: compare a lot to the animal kingdom dude. (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we can learn so much from animals without a doubt you know and it is a bit of a concrete jungle at work you know and i've always thought like we're we're like lions you know and like the pride of you know the lions they don't they don't take care of anyone outside their clique you know yet we do (laughs) you know yeah. whether you're a cockroach or a parrot, you know, <laughs> if you call, we're, we're coming to help you. And it's a uh,
0: very true a bit of a paradox without a doubt. So judgment, man, it's, that's a hard one. And that's something I'm always looking out for. Cause that's, I, that is something I've found for myself. That is uh, some serious work that I, I've, I've worked on with judging others because in the end, they're a reflection of who I am. That's how I see it now. Yeah. And, If that person is a piece of me and I'm looking at myself in the mirror, then why am I judging that person? And that's just a a kind of approach that goes with uh, the idea of oneness, that we're all one. Uh, It's it's a very challenging aspect to use, especially in our line of work, you know, with the people we work with and the patients we go on or the people we come across because it's not pretty uh, to see that whatever comes up it shows up you know yeah uh but it gives me a bit more compassion the way i, out, I have an outlook on this view of judgment and it is it's a challenge without it. Yeah. I fall short every day right and it's um yeah it's
1: a good one man i want to bring up an interesting concept that you know i've i've noticed right as soon as you start to identify your shadow and you start to label it whatever your core wound is Pay attention to how you're repeating this wound. Pay attention to how you're inflicting this on yourself, right? It can manifest into a self-sabotage pattern. For instance, if you have a wound of judgment and if you're afraid of being judged again, pay attention to how judgmental you are of yourself. Hmm. Right, Your ego is trying to protect you from this outside judgment, but in doing so, he's speaking, he or she, they're speaking to you in a very judgmental tone, right? And so there's there's proof of this, right? My core wound is rejection. So a lot of times I won't get too close to someone. I won't allow them to inflict harm. I won't allow them to reject me. I'm going to beat them to the punch. I'm going to reject me. Hmm. So look at... Try to find out what your core wound is. And then the way that you can counteract this is by being very careful with your narrative. So right. it start introducing more forgiveness. Start introducing, hey, we don't talk to ourselves that way. You know, if, right. if, if what we're afraid of is this, then why would we recreate this? Why would we put ourselves through the torture of living this over and over again?
0: Well, judgment is a core wound of mine because I judge myself so harshly. Right. And I was judged so harshly as a child and that's why I am the way I am because of uh, growing up in a very legalistic, organized religion, I was uh, taught to judge other people and I wasn't, uh, I was judging myself in the end subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this negative self-talk had, had really created imperfectionism for myself to just always strive for greatness but it always was a double-edged sword it bit me in the ass every single time right because i was always hurting myself by not being a bit more compassionate the way i approached my inner monologue the way i approached my expertise in things granted i mean i i it's made me a great artist Mm -hmm. you know to just have just detail in everything And so these wounds could also be great. It could bring good qualities out of you. Absolutely. And that's why we say embrace the shadow because it it, can instill the greatness that you've had dormant all along. Yeah. And I read this book that, that talks about understanding the Christ consciousness that is dormant within every single person. And it talks about judgment, that when you judge something, you fear it. Mm. Which is really fascinating to, uh, understanding of what judgment can be. Yeah, And because it's just a reflection right back at you, dude. Mm-hmm. Like they, everyone would always say when I was a kid, like, you're pointing at someone, you got three fingers pointing back at you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it was so true, man. Because yeah. you're judging someone and it's just, don't do it. Just take a step back and see yourself mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah. So the next... Um, Subcategory of these harm wounds is the shame wound. Fuck that one. (laughs) A lot of shame. So shame. I was publicly publicly ridiculed and embarrassed, and now I feel ashamed of myself. Okay,
1: that's a good one. So no matter what your wound is, if you're using shame, sometimes subconsciously, as a way of like exiling or expelling this part of you um because that's what it's doing it's putting a part of yourself in a corner right you're yeah. shamed you're you're no longer receiving love you're no longer the project right so if shame is showing up just understand you'll never you'll never embody true respect and true strength for yourself if you have this shame now shame can lead to a transmutation of you know pushing yourself right overcoming you know these qualities that you're trying to work on right shame can be a motivator but if you sit in shame if you allow yourself to be saturated with shame dude it's blocking out so much forgiveness you'll never ever show up in this world as the full expression of yourself with you know character and um compassion and resilience if you if you if you're allowing yourself to be taken over by this shame
0: Yeah, I mean, shame is a very interesting topic because you're doing it to yourself Mm -hmm. in the end. Like if someone was shaming you or making you feel a certain way, you have to still receive it. Yeah, And it it takes two to tingle with this one. And it's part of your own internalization of what that means to you. And if you shame yourself, it can really go so many different ways. And shame is one of my core wounds. It runs real deep. Mm-hmm. and a lot of it had to do with true respect for myself. Yeah, And true respect is coincided and almost parallel to humility because it, it will really bring you to your knees when you feel something like shame. Mm-hmm. And that humility will inspire you to have true respect for yourself at the same time and set boundaries. Yeah, I didn't understand what boundaries were, dude, until... Later in my life
1: same and like I said to way, a way of dealing with uh, my core wound of rejection is to um, Enhance or improve my self-esteem right mm. boundaries go hand in hand with self-esteem Looking out for yourself, right? I know a lot of guys that you know if they choose to take a personal day and they call in sick You know, they're doing something they're setting a boundary saying I cannot work today I need to put my energy and focus into feeling better But then after calling in sick, they spend the next 24 hours in shame. Right. It's very counterproductive.
0: And something like that too, it's, it's, you have to take an account to your behavioral health level. And I love how Bo Porter used the analogy of, you know, rate yourself right right now.
1: Give yourself a number.
0: Give yourself a number from one to 10, dude, because if you're at a 10, you know, it's going to. It's going to bottle up, dude, and it's going to smack you in the face.
1: Yeah. If you're at a 10, don't make any big decisions, right? <laughs> right?
0: Don't buy a house. Don't
1: propose. Right. You know, that it's, I've been, dude, I think I was at a 10 for years, you know, just in that hyper vigilant survival mode.
0: Yeah. It's, and um, yeah, it's, it's rough, dude. Mm-hmm. It, and so rate yourself, man. Rate yourself every day. I do it every day for myself. I'm like, Hey, what am I feeling right now? doesn't matter. What do I rate myself at right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm at a I'm at a two. I'm feeling fucking good, man. Yeah. I'm at a ten. I'm really irritable. I'm pent up and yeah. I'm just ready to just pop. Right. And it doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't, dude. And you you
1: mentioned that these these wounds, they want attention. Yeah. Right. So like I'm dealing with a little bit of an injury, a minor injury right now. My my rotator cuff and my shoulders just jacked up and I can't swim.
2: Mm-hmm
1: and it's so wild that this injury keeps showing up in the form of irritability mm-hmm. you know because it's like it's not limiting me in my ability to be present with my partner or you know go to that barbecue and hold a baby and feel joy it's not limiting me in any environment other than the pool but i just don't like being injured right and so you know this anytime i feel like oh, i can't go swim or whatever i'm, I'm expressing this injury in the form of irritability Hmm. and it you know i am aware of it but it goes back
0: to the archetype of the wounded healer yeah you know that a wounded healer you know he's got to now see that he's feels limited and doesn't feel good i hate it so now (laughs) it's time to look look inward and if not looking inward just look at the the skeletal structure of how everything's set up in your body yeah and you can study it and to see okay, so why is my shoulder feeling this way? Is my posture, or is it this, is it that? What can I do to, to help it mm-hmm. from being so inflamed? Yeah. And that's the thing about injuries is that when it's injured, it will flare up later down the road. Mm-hmm. And you don't want these wounds to flare up because, because it's gonna really circle, you're gonna circle the drain with it. And at that point, it's gonna be really hard to get out. Yeah. And we talk about treading water, right? And you need a support system One way or another, if you are doing some type of work like this, it's really important. Mm -hmm. And the value of it is going to benefit you in so many different ways when you are in this position. So when you are supporting someone, I always liked using the concept of watering or treading water. But when you're supporting someone, when you're teaching a child how to swim, you have to let them figure it out. Or else they're not going to learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. So the way you support them is you have one hand underneath them to where you're almost touching them, but you're not. Right. And you're letting them. You're holding them at the same time. You got to let them figure it out because they're not going to learn. Right. And for myself, I feel like that's how these wounds do it for me. They're almost supporting me, but they're like letting me learn. I'm like swimming, like fuck, I can't figure it out. And I'm like, I'm sinking, help. (laughs) And it's like this. (laughs) It's this this whole concept, like. I don't I feel so alone and isolated and, and not unprotected and it's just so vulnerable and that's why I said it's like this chrysalis concept of trust and vulnerability. Right. Because it's gonna really <laughs> when you once you bloom out into that butterfly, it's pretty badass, man. Yeah, it is. It really <laughs> is. So the next one is violation wound. Mm-hmm and these wounds are pretty rough, man. A lot of it has to do with physical abuse, yeah. you know, sexual, sexual abuse, things like that. Um, and so it's, when you're tapping into this, you do need some support from like a behavioral health specialist Dude, because I'm so glad you said that it's, it's, uh, these are moral injuries that go against your system of beliefs that goes against something you have. So a lot of stuff can really, really, um, hurt. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very, um, challenging. So I just wanted to put that out there. So, violation wound i was intruded on smothered or abused now this can go so many different ways but i i for myself i was loved unconditionally as a child mm-hmm. but i felt smothered so i really yeah, felt dude, violated we, like that it's really talked strange about that because that's kind of the you know it's different
1: than my upbringing yeah. but it's just wild that you you know you would you would perceive you know an, an, uh, a large amount of Um, affection you know and nurturing to be like a positive thing right but it can be a wound
0: yeah it's uh, the smothering for me was i always was fearless as a kid my mom didn't want me to be fearless right just a weird thing i mean i must have given my mom so many heart attacks because (laughs) i would just be skateboarding going off these large ramps at like i don't know nine ten years old and it's just like I mean, for a mom, it's rough, yeah, right. Yeah, and I'd be the furthest out in the ocean on my boogie board at like ten, <laughs> ten, eleven years old. I mean, that's that's harsh for a this mother. poor woman. <laughs> I gave her a lot of heartache with my fearlessness, yeah. you know, but that was a quality that I had, but the smothering in it really kind of instilled her own worries into myself. right. She projected that onto you. yeah, yeah. and that, and that was something that I carry now because of the years of it. and that was more, just internalizing something you know Mm -hmm. than it was anything else and uh, i was at more maybe at a subconscious level now i see it's more of a pattern and it's not my shit it's more like like more like a genetic generational thing Mm -hmm. that i can cut off for my generations to come yeah which is really fascinating about this work as well if you do something like this working on your core wounds working on your shadow you are clearing your lineage yeah and to clear your lineage, it is seriously admirable mm-hmm. to do so. And I love talking about my ancestors and valuing them. Yeah. And seeing that I, I feel chosen to, to be in this meat suit, to do this great work in order to break generational traumas over lifetimes. Yeah. And you don't have to see it like that. That's how I really see it um it's just a really cool way to look at it um because it's it's really beautiful to give yourself a bit more honor when you do something like this dude i can i can feel the
1: passion right when you're describing this and you're absolutely right because it's it's taking you out of a victim mentality of like this is the way i was taught this is all i know and it's empowering you you know with the strength of all your ancestors with all that support to sort of redirect the ship for sure. And it's it's awesome, man. It comes with accountability, you know, first it being aware and accepting that this has been done to me. And then it gives you the power of of changing it for the benefit of everyone to come.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a choice. Yeah. You know. I mean, and dude, you're gonna have a baby soon. Yeah. So that's huge for you.
1: It's huge and it's coming. I feel like it's right on time. You know, I've Mm. never been happier. Uh, Leah and I were joking about the fact that, you know, three years ago I was reading, you know, parenting books with a sort of like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck reaction, Mm. you know, and now I'm reading the same books um, and I have um, more of a reaction of, "Uh uh-huh. Yep, that's what I'm planning on doing. You know, just, just more of an ownership, more of like a true compass, a very clear mind. Um, you know, this pregnancy has been really wonderful and it's had its ups and downs for sure as Lee and I navigate, you know, some of our past trauma, but it's been full of laughter, full of joy. And, um, I cannot wait to meet him. I, I I've just never been more excited about anything in my entire life yeah and that and you know john like tracing back all the work that we've done right there's just been moments of like straight fear you know yeah. and just not knowing which way is up yeah. um and you and i have both had suicidal ideation mm-hmm. in our past you know and i just think that you know the the beauty in life's story is that it's unwritten you know, right. and, and, and that's, you know, I'm double Capricorn. I'm fucking stubborn, dude. I'm a perfectionist, a control freak. And these are all things that I've I've really tried to unlearn, you know, because when I was uh, sort of seeing the conclusion of my story, right, the destiny of me, you know what, I've, I've served long enough. I think it's time to check out. Um, I thought I knew everything. And that mm-hmm. was prior to meeting Leah. That was prior right. to having this this dream of mine to become a father. You know, and so don't cut yourself short. And um, like you mentioned, dude, there's um, there's what we learned in peer support training is a warm handoff. You know, so if you're dealing with abuse wounds, obviously, John and I are just firefighter paramedics. You know, fully invest in yourself and in your healing, and get a a qualified professional to help you. Um, You deserve it you know, and, and this is not the end of the the road for you. You're not stuck. You know, like we, like we're talking about today, we're celebrating a wound, a wound that can now be an opportunity to feel free, you know, and I think that staying curious and staying um, open to the wonder of life and just, you, you, you haven't seen it all yet, you know, and that for me, that really inspires me to keep going is just to recognize the fact that, I don't have everything figured out. There's more of life's surprises around the corner.
0: That's the beauty of life. Yeah. Is not knowing what's next. I know.
1: It's also, you know, for a control freak, it's like what? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> but it's a limitation, right? Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, the magic happens outside your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. So the next category is manipulation wounds, mm-hmm. which is a it's a mind fuck, right? That's what a manipulation oh, is. Oh, dude, gaslighting, <laughs> dude. So, domination wound is a subcategory. And I was dominated and controlled. And now I allow people to control me or I am afraid of that happening again. Which is, I think that's, this is a weird one because people have turned this into like, like a way of like sexual attraction or a fetish. Mm. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, I've seen that come up.
0: Yeah, it's sure. interesting how yeah. that, how people can turn something into a fetish like that, right? From yeah. a wound,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? Yeah, no judgment. I mean, there's yeah. all all different ways that our wounds are going to manifest. And like you said, you know, it's interesting, right? A domination wound can lead to some sort of sexual ecstasy, you know? Because these lines get crossed, you know? Right. There's a lot of gray area. Like for me, right? Like becoming a perfectionist, you know, I had great grades. I fucking went to a good college. Like I was kind of like... I set my sights on something and i would fucking drive and accomplish it you Hmm. know and i think for me looking back it's just realizing that i've accomplished a lot but i've been anxious about it the entire Hmm. time you know and so now i'm coming out of a place of humility and um like a calmness where i i'm more interested in the joy of failure and success than i am of just like powering through you know hiding my fears, hiding all this anxiety because I don't care about anything as much as accomplishing the goal, Mm. you know? So these wounds, yeah, they can, they can provide you with fuel for sure, you know, but it's just about sort of not having these unconscious habits of, you know, like, why do I have this pursuit of women, you know, and it's just leading me to feeling empty, you know? And so discovering what's driving you is, it's a good thing to invest in.
0: Yeah. Yeah exploitation wound is I was used to meet my parents needs Hmm. or I was used to meet my parents needs okay just like interesting it's like manipulation right narcissistic behavior someone's using you for something to get their own needs met yeah
1: that's something that's come up for me recently like as I prepare for fatherhood is is recognizing the fact that my kid doesn't owe me anything Hmm. You know, Leah and I decided to create a human life, you know, an expression of our true love for one another. And we're ready to be unconditional supporters of this child, right? I mean, how many times does a parent say, you know, you know how much I suffered for you, yeah, you know, and like, for sure. it's like the kid didn't ask to be brought here, you know, you know? like he doesn't, it's not like a, a debit that he fucking owes you.
0: Yeah. It's a complete projection. Yeah. To make someone feel terrible for your sacrifices right when it should be voluntary to do that because you love your kids so much yeah it's been hard but
1: i made these sacrifices because i wanted to you know yeah not a doubt
0: betrayal wound i trusted a caregiver and then was betrayed by them and now i have a hard time trusting anyone (laughs)
1: okay so i'll just be honest right now dude all these wounds that you're describing like i'm sort of like checking boxes in my mind and i just i I really want to elaborate on this okay so this has been a three-year journey for me and um it's been focused you know i'm not going to say like i never you know uh, was an introvert before obviously i've done work but it's been more focused in the last three years and these wounds that you're describing right in order for me to address them I had to use the help of ketamine assisted therapy. You know, we've talked about cambo. We've talked about ayahuasca. We've talked about, you know, mental health practitioners, behavioral psychologists, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. like the, I just want to honor the fact that these wounds are difficult and yeah. I, I couldn't even look at my betrayal wound, um, without the help of ketamine and EMDR and like basically like PTSD therapy.
0: Yeah. No, without a doubt. I mean, that yeah. no, Betrayal wounds one of my oh dude it, I mean it's one of my top three yeah so it's because the feeling of being betrayed is so it, you internalize it mm-hmm. and it, it's a it's an automatic response yeah and even talking about it right now it really starts making my stomach my stomach turn oh, same dude <laughs> and because so okay the only way I could um, if you've ever seen the movie Braveheart. Oh. And at the very end, Mel Gibson, his character, William Wallace, he is betrayed. But the look on his face mm-hmm. when you see him when he's betrayed, yeah. he is like sad and angry at the same time. And yes. it's just so profoundly great. I mean, you got to love Mel Gibson for that movie, man. It's That movie was incredible.
1: I went to see that movie in the theater with my parents and um, I cried. Yeah. I, I don't even know how old I was. Maybe like 12? <laughs>
0: it's a gnarly movie, dude. I mean, and think about it. At the end, he's being uh, basically crucified yeah. by pulling his limbs apart. And what does he scream? Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Very fascinating. This is like a great movie. Dude. Oh, oh, yeah. Dude.
1: <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Okay. And we talked about this this past week in peer support training, man. Grief is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Grief is a labyrinth of emotions. Yeah. And it shows up, it's never gone. Um, for me, I've talked a little bit about, uh, my anger, my anger was hiding grief. Mm. And so that when you just describe that feeling of sadness and anger, I mean, that's grief. Yeah. It's, it's, for sure. yeah, it's a difficult one.
0: Yeah. I've dealt with that one. And, uh. I don't even think I can go into it. It's too hard to Yeah. <laughs> it's too hard to talk about it.
1: So I'm just gonna say though, from my own personal experience, right? When you have a betrayal wound, what ends up happening? I've betrayed myself. Yeah. I've betrayed myself many times. Right. And so it's just really interesting how we can um be hurt and then we're the ones that continue the hurt. Yeah. Sucks.
0: <laughs> it stinks <laughs> I don't like it <laughs> I hate it. Oh, man, it's, it it is but once you look at it you're like oh that's why I'm acting like that it's, then you're like oh ding 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 yep. now you really get to see the beauty of it and, and let it go man like I said in order to grow you gotta let go yeah So, guilt wound I was repeatedly made to feel guilty about the things I did and now I can't forgive myself. Mm. Yeah, that has a lot to do with narcissism as well. Whoever is oh, creating sure. the wound for you, for sure, because there's the manipulation. Is it's the it's the change of your thoughts, the way someone else feels, mm-hmm. to get what they want. Really easy to do to an innocent child. That's that, and that really screws up. Um, someone for the rest of their life it does
1: so I'll speak to this right because there was a lot of mind games in in my childhood Um, what it did was it made me doubt myself Mm. a lot okay so whereas before you know like if you're you know being validated or confirmed or encouraged to trust your intuition if you're constantly being told that's not the way it happened Mm. you know I remember it differently. You're making this up, right? If you're being gaslit, it can fuck with your internal compass. For sure. Yeah, and then you're you're basically a victim to, you know, outside opinions, outside perspective. You just you just don't have much of um a guiding light.
0: Yeah, it's going to deter that compass from finding true north. Right. And and it's uh, definitely that's why this one is harsh. Because that true north is where you're you're guided yeah. in your life, and yeah. if you got a lot of illusions coming up because of a manipulation to feel guilty about something, mm-hmm. it's gonna really um, it's a limiting belief system that's underneath that. Yeah, and the only way I could really go with a guilt wound is like organized religion.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, cause some and I hate to talk up about religion, but it's sometimes there are um, agencies or whatever I would call them that they make people feel guilty about something. You well, know? that's the
1: whole act of confession is to. For yourself of the guilt,
0: yeah, and uh, it—I don't want to take it any further, but that's the only way I could really describe guilt on a collective level. Is that it keeps people in control, so they can't think for themselves, and yeah. it, it deters that internal compass from finding their own truth. For sure. So, yeah, I can't—I can't pull away that one too much because, and you don't want to go too deep into religion, but yeah, man, and it, it can—it can do that, not mm-hmm. a doubt. Yeah, even with uh, you know, the way you were taught in school, you know what I mean that could also deteriorate your compass. And the way the, like I would say the algorithms have changed completely now, you mm-hmm. know, the way things are taught. And just for instance, like uh, Paisley's learning uh, grouping, the way she does subtraction. I was like, I never even learned how to do that. I don't even know. I can't even help yeah. you with your homework.
1: They changed math. <laughs> I don't I know like, why they changed math. Yeah, dude. Math was like, it was working, yeah. you know, 18 years ago when I was yeah, in school. Dude.
0: It's weird, man. Those so. You know, we have to embrace change and, and the way things are, are, are turning up, you know, but by the same time or by the same token, uh, you know, you can't change your internal compass for your own truth. You have to stick to it, you know, and, and trust yourself without without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, but guilt, guilt wound is, is interesting. It can be very, um, there's so many different spectrums to it, but. what's
1: well, it like kind of like shame. Yeah, it is for sure. You know, forgiveness is going to come help you release yourself of that um, prison.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, I forget to, I forgot to mention too how I was showing you that graph of this, this guy who uh, wrote this book on the frequency of emotion Mm -hmm. and he had labeled different uh, frequency levels with the emotion and shame was at the bottom and guilt is right on top of it. Yeah. It's a low vibrating frequency. Yeah. It's a low vibration. And so it it really was showing how like when you're in a low vibration, it affects your your physical body as well, for and your sure. mental structure, <laughs> on so many different levels. It's going to affect you. So, if you think of things in frequency and vibration, all you have to do is transmute it, mm-hmm. and you could change it. Yeah, and that's the cool part about it is if you kind of zoom out it for a second, get a different perspective, and shift the vibration or the frequency. Now you don't have to get so involved with the emotion so much. You just know that you can easily transmute it with one of the top ones was acceptance. Mm-hmm. And acceptance was parallel with forgiveness. Right, And if you work with that, with any of these core wounds, you could easily transmute it. Yeah. It's gonna take time. But when you forgive yourself for something, man, uh, dude, I don't know how, there's, there's something about it, man. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's you're forgiving yourself. You're, you're letting yourself feel for a second and letting it go with compassion, and it's really beautiful. Yes.
1: The word that came to mind is unstoppable.
2: Mm,
1: limitless. Yeah. When I when I realized I could be my own best friend, mm. I, I feel unstoppable.
0: Right. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. and Dude, all of this stuff, right? You're going to get momentum. Yeah. You know, I used to be a big drinker.
2: Mm.
1: And um, man, I can't even remember the last time I had a drink. Maybe a month ago? Yeah. And And now, just as a grown-up, I feel like if I'm if I'm at a low vibration, all right. There's an option to have a drink and stay there. Mm-hmm. There's an option to postpone whatever I need to work on, or there's an option to drive myself to the bay, go swim around in I don't know 50 degree water, be in nature, uh, zoom out, and there's there's an opportunity to kind of dig up what's what's causing me to stay at that low vibration. And that that comes with great power, right? Hmm. You start acting responsibly. Fuck, dude, you got the power to to fix, to improve, you know, to shift. However, you're thinking.
0: Yeah, I saw this uh, anthropologist. He went down to Peru and he was hanging out with some of the indigenous people. And he was like, "Hey, why is humanity so sick?" And the uh, the leader of that tribe said, "Well, you're disconnected from the earth. Yeah, you've lost the connection with everything." Mm-hmm. And. It's really fascinating that the indigenous people, the only things they learn from is from nature. Right. And that's what teaches them. I know. Because you can learn everything from nature. Yeah. Even what we're talking about now, we're talking about the underworld, we're talking about shadow work. Mm-hmm. The, this earth cannot exist without the underworld. You see the tree and its branches reaching towards the heavens, towards the light, but underneath there you got a lot of cool shit. Yeah. You got these roots that are digging real deep. And mm-hmm. within that soil, you got the kingdom of the fungi right? supplying the nutrients mm-hmm. and, and decomposing things. Yeah. And it's working on this level that we don't see. And it's at this unconscious level. And if you can look at that in relation to the self, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, you're really uh, seeing the cycle of life. And I mean, that's that's a beautiful concept without a doubt. If you're gonna uh, see the underworld of yourself, then look at it. You know there is a there is a a study done where these these um, um, plant scientists I don't know what they would be called what would they be called botanists botanists maybe they got these probes and they got uh, they set these probes on the roots of these trees for miles of these aspens
1: oh yeah they're all interconnected
0: dude they started singing to each yeah, other and like almost dude. almost like morse code they were talking to each other something like it was crazy are the aspen trees like the largest living organism on the planet i'm not like sure the way dude. they're all
1: interconnected
0: i don't know but it was it was so beautiful to Isn't see that, cool? that dude i yeah. mean and because the they were sending frequencies to each other yeah. through the root system and some of these roots were were traveling from one tree that stretched out over uh, several miles to the next tree that was supplying it with its nutrients. Yeah. Because it was like the grandfather tree or some shit, you know. And if we see it for ourselves, like you think about like a tribal member, he's the oldest, the wisest, and he's sharing his experiences with others for them to grow. And he does it in forms of usually storytelling or um, parables or whatever. Kind of cool. I
1: love it, dude. I mean, you you and I both love nature you know it's been medicinal for us and you know i want to encourage um any of our listeners who are at a station where you know someone doesn't have a relationship with nature you know invite them surfing
2: Mm
1: -hmm. invite them camping you know you don't have to have a lot in common to um both celebrate the fact that jumping into a river feels incredible (laughs) you know unplugging at a campsite hearing nothing but birds and the wind and the trees i mean that's really healing you know so everyone is someone's role model i really want to remind you of that you know bo is an incredible character and he inspired me and he inspired a lot of our listeners you know but just understand that you just like bo have something to offer there's something special about you whether you know like i mentioned you're a surfer or you got a overland tacoma that can get you up into the mountains mm. or you just read a really interesting book that you think that you know someone at work would benefit from just believe in yourself right and there's there's a quality that Bo presented that um is really uh fascinating and i think most humans are drawn to this it's authenticity yeah so the, the the benefit of doing this work and being honest with yourself and being humble and the fact that none of us are perfect, there's something really desirable about hanging out with someone who's authentic. Right. And that comes with owning your
0: shit. Without a doubt. I mean, I think the greatest gift in life is knowing that we teach each other. Yes. And that not every single person is the same. And like just like a snowflake, that it has its own unique pattern that is different from every other snowflake snowflake not one is the same right and if you can embrace that and admire yourself and there's beauty to that and and momentum Mm -hmm. without a doubt rejection wounds ding ding ding
1: (laughs) so this is one i mentioned my 15 year old self
0: so the actual rejection wound is when i reached out for connection i was dismissed And now I don't expect people to like me or want me.
1: Yeah. All right. So I journaled a little bit last night and I realized at 15, it was kind of the perfect storm for me. So what happened was my parents moved into separate bedrooms. I had a crush on uh, my best friend's girlfriend and a guy that i was best friends with he stopped hanging out with me to hang out with um someone else that i didn't get along with and it was just kind of um the perfect storm of feeling really lonely Hmm. you know and dude you know i had a i had a great high school experience you know like um I went to prom you know i didn't get bullied i played on the soccer team and so it's really interesting and and you may find that this resonates with you is sometimes when you look at your pain you may compare it to other people's pain and be like what's my problem you know it wasn't that bad Mm -hmm. that honestly doesn't really help (laughs) me heal so I had to trace back this fear of rejection. And that's where I came up, you know, at, at, at 15, right? I was also, like I mentioned, playing on the soccer team. And I would get, I would get yelled at a lot from the sidelines. Um, and so it was just a really tough year. And I've seen, I've seen how this manifests in a wound where, you know, like I mentioned, if Leah and I are arguing, right? I'm not even hearing what she's saying. <laughs> I'm hearing my ego say that, dude, you're about to experience the, the most hurt, the most painful rejection you've ever experienced. Just end it before she can. Okay, so this is, you know, my ego is very dramatic. And, you know, I look at, is that serving me? Is a, is a Is a hurt 15-year-old, is he the captain of this ship? Or is a 37-year-old who understands that his shadow is looking for love? Right, so what can I do? I can I can go back to that age, you know, and I can I can single him out, I can illuminate. And that's out of the Grab Lives acronym, this is what came up for me. Okay. Anytime you're discovering your trauma, right, you're gonna the I and illuminate. But for me, what I kept thinking of was the E and egress. Okay, mm-hmm. this is my way out. Right. This is my way out of living my entire life of victim to some perceived hurt. Mm. That happened a long time ago, but the way that it manifested was, okay, I, um, I didn't, you know, I, I was going after a girl that was, that was taken. Right. So I never, I never allowed myself to be fully vulnerable in a relationship, you know, because that became the the standard for a relationship is just a friendship. Right. Mm. And, you know, you can't go any farther um, with respect to your buddy, you know, cause I never made a move. I never was a, a total piece of shit, but I had these hidden feelings, you know, and then the way that it showed up in the fire service was check this out. So I don't like getting yelled at when I'm competing. That does not inspire me at all. And, you know, at my third house, I didn't get yelled at, but it was just a really hardcore training environment where I had a lot of anxiety. And, um, so I had to I had to kind of trace back, okay, like what what about this is upsetting you? Mm. And I had to do basically a practice to and I, I tell this to every single rookie: if you're hearing the commentary more than your own breath, you have to recalibrate. <laughs> okay, because the yeah. job's hard enough. So what I was doing is I was getting, you know, physically exhausted because I was so anxious. Yeah. So I had to return to my breath work and say to myself, dude you cannot control the whole schedule for the drill day but what you can control is your breath and how you show up with clarity and calmness you know because if you're if you're if you're only focused on like the yelling from the sidelines guess what you're gonna suck at this sport and that's what happened dude i had the worst soccer season of my life because i wasn't i wasn't interested in scoring goals i was just interested in one of my parents shutting the fuck up So, you know, these, these wounds, they, they show up. Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, it was showing up in my current relationship. And what I realized was Leah didn't deserve, she didn't deserve this overreaction. So I had to address my shadow, you know, this deep rooted fear of rejection, um, in order for my ego to stop rejecting me, you know, before someone else could inflict harm. Yeah. And also, so I could show up and be present in this relationship without saying, "Hey, guess what? We're having an argument about, you know, money or whatever. I'm I'm bringing in all my years of defensiveness. You know, I'm I'm bringing in all my years of hurt. And it's just going to cloud the 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 room, you know, instead yeah. of working through this, you know, it's basically like, "Hey, good luck getting through to me because I have all this other shit that I'm dealing with."
0: Yeah, you think about it's all out of protection of yourself so you don't get hurt again yes and going back into what a wound is i've heard this concept a while back i forget who told it to me but sometimes people will bandage the wound or the thorn that's there and Mm -hmm. they keep bandaging it like over and over and over it becomes like this mound of bandages yes and you're guarding it and you're just like oh don't don't come near me this hurts until you unravel that that bandaging right and he pulled a thorn out yes then it can actually heal
1: right and that that's in untethered soul
0: oh is that what it is yes okay. so what
1: leo was doing is accidentally brushing up against mm. this wound that she didn't even you know she's just having just being a, herself she's having a conversation with her fiance yeah meanwhile i'm in defcom 5 you know the red <laughs> alert going off yeah. like oh shit she doesn't love me anymore So she was brushing up against that wound and I had to, I had to get to the root of it. Relationships do that, man. They sure do. And you know what? Like looking back is everything, every challenge is an opportunity to learn something about yourself. I mean, I thank her. She is, she's my ride or die, you know, like she, she triggered me in order to investigate my past, which was a limitation. Mm. And now I incorporate that 15 year old and I look at, I say, what do you, what did you need? What did you need back then? Right. And what he needed was encouragement. Mm -hmm. So now if I'm in the face of competition, like whether it's a drill day or a a difficult fire or whatever, I don't focus on the commentary. I focus on my positive self-talk and my breath. And that's it. I'll deal with the commentary after the incident. But right now I'm focused On achieving my mission, and because I put so much time and energy and focus into my self-esteem, my mission is not to be validated by the spectators. Mm. My mission is to be validated by myself.
0: Oh, what a great way to bring out that warrior spirit within. Absolutely. And that's like that warrior spirit, dude, is so powerful, man. I fucking love it. It's the the palpable, dude. It's the best. It's palpable when you see it in another person. And yeah, it's, those are the great, greatest leaders It's when they can find that within yeah. and shift the perspective. Absolutely. And um, people want to follow people like that.
1: Yeah, like, like I said, this, this authenticity, yeah. right? It's an attractive quality. People right. want to express their, their true nature. You know and and we're all hiding something we're all we all have secrets we all have like secret hurt right. well, you know in and, and this long list of if wounds i mean you probably checked a few just listen sure, right indeed. and so um but i will say that like just know that your shadow doesn't want to be exiled definitely you know what i'm saying and like even if someone put your shadow into that corner like i said my shadow is a cry baby he's very sensitive and um for the longest time i saw that as a weakness Hmm. now i realize you know that that encompasses my empathy that Hmm. encompasses my compassion being sensitive is a gift right but i had to incorporate it in me so you know if someone put a part of you in a shadow just just realize that it's up to you now you're the responsible one you're the leader okay you control how much your ego weighs in You have the ability to illuminate what's in that shadow and incorporate it as a part of your true warrior spirit. Mm.
0: Without a doubt, dude. Well said. Thank you, brother. This leads into my main wound. Okay. Abandonment wound. So abandonment is after being taken care of for a while, I was abandoned. And now I am afraid of being left again.
1: That's a big one.
0: Yeah, and so for abandonment, I, we talked about it in a mom, Mama Trauma. Yeah. Great way to say that. I know. <laughs> but that's my core wound is, is being abandoned. And it happened later in my life. Yeah. It really slapped me across the face. And looking into that wound and into my relationship now with Haley, I could see how I have guarded myself for such a long time because of that wound. Where I was unable to receive love, and it's because I was hurt, man, mm. and I didn't want to look at it. And there's this uh, meme I saw recently. Gotta love memes. In Spanish they call them memes.
1: <laughs> memes. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs>
0: but like this guy's, uh, he's a, a waiter and he's presenting, the, uh, you know, this this dinner tray, and he's pulling the top off. And it says the truth and you see his face like Ugh <laughs> You know, a lot of times these core wounds, it's just the truth, man. And you're doing you're guarding yourself because you're you're hiding from the truth. And I was so afraid of being loved of being loved and being abandoned again that mm-hmm. I, I just guarded myself from receiving it. Yeah. Which I'm still working at it, man. It's not like a one night fix. I just the way it shows up for me is in my relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and in and when I do have those moments of just melting with yeah. the overwhelming, unconditional love, like oh, the the, best. the way I can, I can explain this is I came home from work, like a 72 hour shift. And those for you who don't know in our line of work, we work 24 hour shifts for those who are listening, who don't know our line of work. And when you're working three days in a row on a weekend in Hollywood, <laughs> I mean, nonstop, baby, <laughs> nonstop. So I came home and, um, and Haley and her daughter paisley were uh, pretending like they were asleep and i go up to, <laughs> I, go, I go up to my room uh, to go to, to sleep i was super tired and really on edge and they like what was sp- your number out of 10. <laughs> 10, 10, 10. 10, 10 10 10 10 10 so i <laughs> i walk in there and they they uh, come out from under the covers and they're like surprise and they're like laughing and because they're pretending to be asleep it was just really funny it was just so much overwhelming love that it brought me down to a zero.
1: Oh, dude, that's so powerful.
0: And you know when moments like that melt me, yeah. I can receive love. You know, and that that's just um, that's just going through life. Yeah. And 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 just sticking to it because these these wounds they they go away when you just embrace your reality, embrace. Like everything a, bar- a part of you, your relationships, and in the end, it will all just manifest into like this being of who you are with that warrior spirit. Yeah, um, and- I want to.
1: I want to congratulate you on being someone who can be melted.
0: Thanks, man. Because I know that you're
1: stubborn, and oh, I'm stubborn yeah. too. And it took me a long time to to realize that I like my anger. I yeah. like feeling rage. You know, and I I've, I've been in that opportunity before where someone tries to melt me, and I'm like, nah. I'm still at a 10. So that's great work on allowing yourself the gift of letting go. Right. And it comes with practice. It's an art. A lot of us are very resilient. Yeah. You know, come home at a 10, no matter what happens, guess what? We're staying at a 10.
0: Yeah. The art of letting go is there's so many facets to it. But once you begin to understand that it's an art, Mm -hmm you begin to realize it can be a creative outlet for yourself. Oh. And you could really use it to your advantage and and it's very malleable. Yes. And it doesn't have to be so like, oh my god, I can't let go. It's not like that. And you can really change it and change the narrative behind it and change everything by letting go yeah. and the way you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Yeah. I just want to mention one thing that just brought up a conversation that I had at peer support training Mm. about temper Mm. and having anger. And I told someone that for the longest time, I had two options. One was to lose my shit and the other was to bottle everything up. And now I liked to lose my shit. I have this memory of being, I don't know, 10 years old and I smashed a plate against the wall and I loved it. I love the feeling of it. And so I had to really hold myself accountable and recognize, dude, are you losing your shit because you secretly enjoy it, right? So I'm going to choose that option if the other option is bottling it up. I mean, obviously I bottle it up sometimes, right? To try to pretend like things don't bother me. But what I had to do was create another option, okay? So I have something I like, something I dislike. Where's something I love? And the talent and the skill of letting things go, that is something I love. Hmm. And so only until I practiced feeling my temper and then letting it go. Then I had that option of loving it. Then I chose it more than something I liked, which was to throw a fit or bottle something up. So create this option for yourself, create this new door to walk through. And it's, it's addicting. You know, when you, when you realize you're in control of your emotions, you're regulating this shit. You're not just a victim to some operating system. You learned when you were 10 years old, it's
0: it's time to update. And it's yeah, a great part of, feeling. Part of shadow work is being radically honest. Yeah. With yourself. So the fact that you questioned yourself, hey, did I secretly like it?
1: Oh, that was a big conversation with my mentor. Is That's realizing dude. realizing that we liked we liked to feel um, powerful. We liked mm. to feel rage. Now we didn't. We didn't hurt anyone. We weren't violent, you know. And that was part of the reason I resisted losing, you know, like uh, dismantling my temper for so long, is because, you know, like I I just didn't inflict harm or, or perceived harm, right? Right. But then Leah had to tell me, hey, dude, you're scaring me. Mm. I don't like this. I don't like when you raise your voice. Right. And I had to, uh, you know, come to terms with the fact that I liked losing my temper. But here, here's a woman I love. Okay. Yeah. And so choose love over like, right? We got to be willing to let go of things that we like mm-hmm. in order to invest in the the future of our life that we're in love with. Yeah. And that was a request that she made and it was one that I honored as soon as I, you know, could could understand the relationship that I had with my rage.
0: Right. And that's the important part, too. It's a relationship. Yes. If you make a relationship with something, that's when the true qualities show up. Yeah. Um, the last one here is a deficiency wound, and it's the last one. Ready? Yes. (laughs) It's unlovable wound. Oh, man. So because of what happened to me, I believe I am not lovable. And uh, being unlovable is you have internalized something to not receive something in so many different ways. So all, all these core wounds end with this. Now, someone had asked me a while back, As a Campbell practitioner to assist people to work through their own shit, you know, they asked me, um, what do you think is everyone has a hard time with? I said, self-love. And because it's so true. I do it to myself, dude. I can't even love myself sometimes. Right. And it's just uh, and talking about self-love, especially in our line of work, guys will be like, I don't understand that, dude but it's it's just honoring your being and who you are and respecting yourself mm-hmm. that's love to step into your your power of who you are that warrior spirit embracing that and giving yourself true respect above all that's being that's loving yourself and it's just hearing the uh, aspect of love can make people cringe sometimes you're like oh whatever like all you need is love like the beatles man come on yeah but in essence, there's just so many different calibrations of what love equals to. Mm-hmm. And for me, true respect is the hugest thing if I'm going to give myself self-love. yeah, Because if I don't give myself true respect, I'm going to feel shame. I'm going to feel like I'm abandoning myself. I'm going to yeah. feel like I'm betraying myself. Yeah, and these are all my core wounds. And true respect is so important and how it leads into being loved. And... When I bring in some of these other qualities like openness and gratitude, they all equal it as well because you're opening up a portion of yourself that sits in the middle of your chest that allows you to gratify past any hurt, any pain, any suffering because you're embracing this spirit that lives inside you. Mm -hmm. And once you clear this uh, channel out of all the inner suffering you've created for yourself for a lifetime, now that can permeate and make a ripple effect beyond what you could ever understand. Yes.
1: Dude, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I was deficient in my self-love, for sure. I told you, I outsourced a lot of my personal validation to to the spectators, uh, to the commentators. And, you know, the thing that I think is a part of my authentic self is I'm a servant. You know, I chose this profession for a reason Um, I really enjoy, uh, even serving in my, in my personal life, you know, like I, I like cleaning, I like cooking. Um, I like giving Leah massages, you know, like I, I, I just like expressing, um, my gratitude in an act of service. But what I had to realize was, you know, I would make the mistake of giving and giving and giving, and then, you know, there's one drop left in my cup Hmm. and now i start to switch from unconditional love to conditional because now there's just one drop so if i continue to serve i'm going to have an expectation that you serve me so what self-love did for me is it you know that mantra that i have of give from the overflow of your own cup so now i'm aware of where my cup level is and I have self-love practices, you know, whether it's breath work in the bath, whether it's a cold plunge, whether it's swimming, sauna, meditation, all of these self-love practices allow my level to stay, you know, up um, where I can continue to serve. Yeah. And what it had to do with was recognizing that I love serving, but also I can't continue to serve unless I serve myself. And so that that self-love practice is, is at the at the center Yeah, of of everything I do now, no doubt. All right, well, you know I want to give one example of the shadow that just fucking hit home for me. Is I saw Creed Three recently, and um, you know I'm a big fan of that franchise. I I love Creed, and I actually went to Creed Three by myself. And that's another thing. If you've never seen a movie by yourself at the theater, (laughs) treat yourself. It is a phenomenal experience. uh it's one of self-love right because i remember the first time i did it i was like 18 or something and i felt like people are going to be looking at me like i'm the I'm just sitting by myself and obviously no one fucking cares everyone's just there to see the movie yolo yeah <laughs> exactly so i i had the intention of sitting down and watching creed 3 um because i love the franchise and i knew michael b jordan directed this one so I, i'm really interested in like um directorial debuts you know and especially when an actor can be behind the lens and you know in front of it so anyways um in the movie a lot of topics about masculinity okay so there's something in his past that he's regretful of there's a there's a there's an act that he feels guilt his buddy goes to prison instead of him right so everything's cool right that's his secret wound well the guy gets out of prison and as soon as he shows up, you see Michael B. Jordan's character, Adonis Creed, go from, I don't know how old he is, mid-30s, to boom, he's back at 15. <laughs> he is that scared kid full of guilt and regret. Hmm. And dude, this guy knows his secret, right? He took the fall for him. So now he has power over him. Okay? So the movie you know, plays out. Now they're about to fight each other and Adonis is all fucking mixed up you know he has all this shame now his woman sits sits him down and says I don't even know what the fuck this story is I don't know where this is coming from so she extracts this information from him just like Wendy just like Leah just like Haley Hmm. it's our partner that's helping us illuminate this shadow right so he tells her the story I flipped a switch I beat up my foster parent, the cops came, and I split. And Diamond Dame, he had a gun in his back, so he went to jail. And the first thing she says is, you were just a kid. She validates the mm-hmm. fact that he didn't know better, right? Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes a part of him incorporating that self. Now it's no longer his wound that Diamond Dame knows about that he can keep pressing on, now he's incorporating that. He's fighting his his shadow. He's illuminating it, using it as a part of his full strength. And he ends up, you know, uh, succeeding. <laughs> I don't want to give away so the ending. Dude. But dude, it was a very clear... And, you know, Michael B. Jordan with his vision, he did it for a reason, right? The ring at the end, they're not... You know, they get transported, right? It's very mm. um, ethereal. It's very... Um, uh abstract yeah the 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 directing of the movie and um it has a lot to do with dude you cannot show up in the present without addressing your past and that you know it's a story of forgiveness right he forgives himself for for not knowing better he forgives himself for holding on to this guilt even though he didn't ask that dude to carry a gun in his bag right yeah the consequences of his actions have nothing to do with adonis yeah So it was a really powerful movie. I love that franchise. Really awesome topics about masculinity and kind of like we're talking about, like this true warrior spirit. It comes from understanding your past, your shadow, illuminating these parts of yourself, incorporating it and fighting with all of your character, not just the shit that you feel good
0: about. It's crazy, man. I mean, it's such a beautiful story. And it makes me even tear up because a lot of, my relationship with Haley uh, showed up in, in, a, in a certain way like that, where yeah. I was running for such a long time, and I would always uh, run away from her, and she yeah. knew her in her heart we were supposed to be together. And it took me to a point to where I had to hit my head so hard that I had to be in complete surrender for me to accept her love. Yeah, And... And because of her, I was able to even heal my past wounds, because of the the work I did with with her, and uh, we did it together, mm. and we saw each other at a soul level uh, by doing this work, these doing these the shadow work, and we always reference ourselves and our own archetypes that we see in ourselves. I am the jaguar, and she's the crow, and they're completely different animals, but they're shadow work animals, mm. and we just really go back to those two archetypes every single time and she's always just this bird um and it's beautiful and she just feels fearless within her own shadow work and i feel fearless within my own shadow work it sucks sometimes yeah and in the end it's just really um brought up so much that we were touching each other's wounds like you and leah you know and just it hurts but we did it together and I don't know, Mac, I have no regrets. And unconditional love. Yeah. And being able to finally receive it feels so good. Right. Yeah. Feels
1: like a brand new take on
0: life. For sure. And you have
1: that trust with her. Yeah. You know, I didn't cry for ten years. And um, Leah encouraged me to feel what I was feeling. And I remember the first time I cried in front of her, I thought she was gonna leave me. Hmm. You know, that was that's what my ego was telling me. Yeah. And she was so relieved. She was so relieved that I was being authentic and that's what people want. Yeah. Right. So just know that we don't have to hide this trauma, right. We have to be responsible with it yeah, in order to not project it blindly onto innocent bystanders.
2: Right.
1: Um, and it's a process, you know, yeah. but when you have someone like, like Haley's been for you or Leah's been for me, when you have that support, someone who encourages you to incorporate all of you, you know, that, that, that freedom that comes with being loved—that's that's my pitch on self-love. Yeah. Okay. If you if you're not with someone right now, that's okay. You know, you can give this feeling to yourself yeah. by showing yourself some support.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. I think we can end on that.
1: Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Enough, eh? Thanks for listening. Uh, find us on Instagram. We're going to get back in um, a little bit of a, more of a schedule. We've got some guests coming on in June. Um, and yeah, thank you for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you everybody for supporting us. We've been having some great feedback. Yes, yeah, the best. Highest amount of gratitude for just clicking and yeah. listening. Yeah. Uh, because we really feel this heart-based project is meant to support you. And um,
2: we love you. Yeah. Thank you.